Thank you all for joining another episode of USAV Bandwidth. Today, I'm joined by guest host Jay Kowalski from Red Thread and also Chris Hope from The Loop Lab. Thank you guys for joining. Thank Thanks you. for having us, Patrick. Yeah. So, Chris, I'd love to hear more about you, Loop Lab, and just kind of give you know our audience a little taste of who you guys are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Christopher Hope. I'm the founder and executive director of the Loop Lab. I received my BA from Tufts University, Master of Divinity from Harvard Divinity School, and my expertise is in workforce development and also in the audiovisual industry. I have a CTS, a Certified Technology Certification. And my personal mission is to advance equity in the tech workforce by creating opportunities, intersections between communities of color and the tech economy. And so what really led me to this work was working in workforce development in greater Boston, here in the East Coast of the United States, where it can get very, very cold. But uh, nonetheless, I really had a lot of heart and passion for underserved communities. And in, in many of those communities in greater Boston, I just witnessed the lost potential of so many young black and brown people to unemployment, violence, and drugs. And young people that really need not only professional training, but also need support around pursuing those dignified careers in the AV industry. And so just to kind of give you a little bit of the makeup of where the Loop Lab is founded and and operates in Greater Boston, roughly 31% uh, young people in Greater Boston between the ages of 18 to 34 make up the largest demographic living in poverty. And we're talking about folks that at the poverty, national median poverty line, if not below. And so that particular demographic of people in the population is a huge concern. The largest percentage of of the city of Boston's foreign-born labor force or people of color labor force really comes from the Dominican Republic and Haiti. And so in essence, you paint the picture and you see in our region of the world or of the country, Black and brown and immigrant families in the Boston region are really struggling to attain the quality of life that accompanies decent work, stable housing, reliable paycheck. And typically those who already have financial stability pursue the types of unpaid internships that really prepare people for success after high school. So that's why I created the Loop Lab. Essentially, the Loop Lab is a nonprofit social enterprise whose mission is to empower women and people of color in the media, arts, and AV industries in greater Boston. And so unlike traditional vocational training programs that really focus solely on job placement, we provide three types of opportunities for our apprentices, which include free education through Leslie University and Benjamin Franklin Vocational School. We provide secure employment through not only our production studio, but also through work placement. And then we also provide attainable entrepreneurship. So in many ways, we end up becoming a pipeline for W-9 contractors, as well as minority-owned businesses. So that is the mission. That's who we are. And uh, that's what we're passionate about. We want to support the AV industry, support the AV market by creating a viable pipeline and support these young people into achieving greatness in their lives. That's amazing. It is amazing. And and you might be wondering how I got this. Yeah, I, I wasn't included on the, on the swag, man. I, I <laughs> you, you know, first of all, Chris Hope, it, it is so awesome to have you on this podcast. You know, I I I, I sincerely uh, appreciate everything that you're doing uh, because folks have a tendency to do a lot of talking 
and not enough walking. And you you do so much walking and, and it's so refreshing. And I wish there were more folks like you in this world. It, it, we would be better off. And I mean that. So, you know, that being said, I met Chris, actually, we probably met a while back briefly at an yeah. engagement at Red Thread. Yeah. And then uh, through maybe through Ben Franklin Institute as well. But more recently, Chris was working on a new project. He, he was able to secure some space in Cambridge in Kendall Square, which is essentially the heart of biotech and technology in Cambridge. Like that's where you want to be. And he had asked for, for some help and we were able to help with the structure donations to the office and, and, and supporting standing up that uh, area so that he can continue to, to work with the students that are coming in. Not only that, we committed to some opportunities for internships moving forward as well, and, and hopefully a few other opportunities that we can help support and shape and shift some folks' lives. Well, Jay, in our last episode that we just were talking with Travis on, the workforce labor shortage came up at the end of the conversation. And Chris, you know, to bring you into the, the fold, you know, we're talking about how people are going back to the office now and, and you're starting to see those shifts again in the workforce and the, the integrators are now have an influx of, you know, service calls and, and in, new installs. And they already have a labor shortage from, from, you know, 12 to 18 months ago. Now that's just going to compound as all of this starts to come back to the office and, and all these projects start rolling in. So I think, you know, this is a, a great segue for you and your team to not only get your folks into the AV integrators to help them with that labor shortage, but also get these folks trained and, and so they can continue to work within the industry post-internship. No, absolutely. I think one, first I want to say thank you so much, Jay, for your kind words. I have to say that Red Thread has absolutely made a statement across the board in the AV industry and in the technology sector as a supporter of diversity, inclusion, and equity by putting their money where their mouth was and really supporting our mission at the Loop Lab. So I want to make that definitively, declaratively right now. And so I just want to say thank you so much, Jay. Thank you to the president of Red Thread, the leadership team there. You know, a lot of times people, like you said, they talk a good talk, but Red Thread is one of those organizations, one of those companies that is socially responsible as well as equitable. And so I have to, you know, I don't too- Jay, how much did you pay for, 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 the, for this? No, it's real though. They're not paying me anything other than the fact that they, they're, they're really doing what they said they would do. And that says everything. That's amazing because there were a lot of companies in the AV industry, and I'm not going to be a bad guy here. <laughs> I said they were going to do some things, but <laughs> we're still waiting. So anyway, my hat's off to you. To answer your question, the Loop Lab really, I know I talk about Greater Boston, but the reality of this is, is that we are launching a, not only a federally recognized, but a state recognized pilot program, which is called the Diversity in AV Apprenticeship Program. And so essentially, this program allows AV tech trainees to get hands-on training with equipment. And it, it, there's essentially a two-month pre-apprenticeship opportunity. And the idea is to learn their craft and trade using the software and hardware that is, they're going to be expected to use on day one in their job in the industry. And so essentially, the idea for them is through this period of this apprenticeship with an apprenticeship partner, we have micro certs and micro credentialing as well as credentialing accomplished. So they're going to have one micro cert for DaVinci Resolve, one micro cert for Pro Tools, 
Dante level one and all the way to three. The idea of completing an Avixa of recognized AV technology certificate. And ultimately, uh, the, the ideas after the year, they'll be able to get their certified technology specialist certification. And so that is a free opportunity as far as to, to many of our students um, already. But through the diversity and AV opportunity, I can absolutely see us opening this up around the country. So if you have an AV integrator in Milwaukee, LA, New York, send them to us for two months. And we have incredible instructors. They understand and know how to build a rack. They'll learn about every single detail that you can think of as it pertains to the AV integration space. And uh, so I think that there's a lot of possibilities dealing with AV integrators on how we can expand our programming offerings, as well as how we can empower them. So even though I, I want to you know, say that we are in greater Boston and we serve that part of the country, there's opportunity here uh, systemically, because you're right, this is across the board issue when we talk about the pipeline. Now, there's just not enough folks that are working in these areas. And one thing that we also do is we also, uh, if you are an AV integrator, we do a lot of consultancy with our partners. We, you know, Red Thread is one of our partners. Vixa is one of our partners. But through those relationships, there's opportunity for us to talk about, for example, one thing that I've noticed is the way that oftentimes AV jobs are advertised on the job application or the job description. It's not to say that AV jobs are sexy. We all know that it's not sexy work, right? It's not like being- Wait, a wait a minute. What? <laughs> But I'm, I'm, I, let me let me pivot here. Let me pivot, Jay. Don't put you know. But with that being said, oftentimes the job descriptions I can read some now for you that are available. You have to have this. You need to be able to do this, 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 this. For many people that are you know capable of doing those things, or at least wanting to turn a corner to be able to apply for something, that can become a barrier. So maybe reframing the language of the job description itself, right? Like tell people. Why, you know, having an audiovisual specialist or technician is beneficial. Like start with the bonuses, start with the pluses, which to me, there's so many. One is that do you want to have, you know, more job flexibility? You know, are you someone who wants to be able to have wealth attainment and stability of, of a career? Do you want to have a job where you don't need a bachelor's degree necessarily, but if you get your micro certs and, and certifications, you have the ability to rise very fast. Those are the things that people uh, will attract people because it's things that they care about. They'll bring the skills, they'll bring the talent, but we have to get out of this archaic way of how we even talk about what it is that we do, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of things that our team can support other companies, for-profit AV integration companies, and in, in how to reframing their work with, not just talking about diversity, but in general in the workforce. Chris, we've never talked about this. That is really interesting. I, I never thought about that. So if you think about it, and Patrick, you could probably, you might agree with me, you know, we just have a tendency just to do the same thing just because it's what we've always done. And we're some, oftentimes that puts us in this kind of tunnel vision mode where we're not able to see the opportunities around us. I know they say that common sense is not as common, but I think that when you're in it, you're right. Like you look at what other companies do and you think, okay, this is standard. It's within modern practices, but those types of practices need to be reevaluated. And one of the reasons why we call ourselves the Loop Lab is we get to experiment with our students in some ways, right? Oftentimes, many of our students 
they don't know what they want to do. They come in, everybody wants to be a rap star. Everyone has a band or some kind of passion in music. And it's through the program, we are able to scaffold the necessary essential information and also training that they need, not only with the skill building, but also how to think about problems and think around problems, but also how to think around jobs and opportunity. So initially for someone like uh, Tevin Charles, who graduated in our program in 2019, you know, he saw AV job specialist position in the job description. And he's like, I don't want to do this. This is crazy. Or, you know, I don't know what this is. Right. And that's what a lot of people think. But then having to kind of translate for him, like, well, you like job security, right? Yeah. Well, you like the ability to have wealth, the possibility of wealth attainment if you work hard and do your due diligence and get your micro certs and your certs, right? Yeah. You know, and he already had, uh, at that point, training through Avixa. So he was like ready to go once I, re- I, I we were able to reframe that. And now he's working in AV right now, full-time position with benefits. So again, someone's myopic viewpoint has to be broadened and you have to kind of meet people where they are. Most people that are currently working in the AV industry, not all, but many of them are working there because it's one of those things where you got you got into it because you had a band or you were a musician, right? Or there's something outside exactly. of it that kind of brought exactly. you to it, right? And it's the same thing. That, but that, you have that's to, where I was going, you have, yeah. You have to create a pipeline of that where you're able to meet people where they are and show them what it could be. But, but you don't do that by sit, talking down to people in general. And you don't do that by creating systems that can become barriers. I'm into making bridges, not barriers. So Chris, there's another element to the Loop Lab that I'd love for you to talk about, right? And, you know, obviously there is a lot of technical training, but what Chris and his team also does is provide mentorship to black and brown youth and and women and and inner city folks that wouldn't normally have the opportunity to have a mentor. And outside of that, I mean, it, it goes beyond technology. There's conversations that happen that involve opening checking accounts, balancing a checkbook, you know, just just daily, for lack of better terms, adulting. And, you know, we take that for granted because I don't, it's hard to wrap your head around it, but folks don't have that opportunity growing up. And we we've been so blessed and fortunate that we have. Again, it's something we never consider and think about. So if you give somebody that opportunity, then you give them the tools and then you open the door and allow them to shine and give that opportunity to them. Now the ball's in their court. And guess what? We just opened up a whole other avenue, a whole other plethora of mindshare that can move humanity through ultimately. I mean, it's... It's really an amazing thing. And I'm sorry, I, I probably was super long-winded on that, but... No, you're good. Yeah, I love you. I love <laughs> you, you, man. You know what I'm saying, right? right? This is jazz right now, man. This is jazz, you know? We're, we're, we're ripping right now, you know? <laughs> no, I, I'll say this if you're right. Like, I mentioned and referred to scaffolding the necessary essential skills and knowledge and mentorship. And ultimately, what we're addressing here in our program is not just AV technology and working in the AV space, but really something more deeper than that, which is human development. You know, one of the things that I will say is that I had a young adult who came through our program. He was chronically unemployed, had a history of street involvement, came through the program, did amazingly well, 
even earned college credit through our, our program, graduated, and then we also operate a production studio, which is a for hire part of what we do to sustain our work. So we actually get hired to provide AV services and also video production services for other companies. We've made stuff for Red Thread and other uh, other companies. But with that being said, I noticed that this young man was, you know, even though he was an alumni, he was making like 25 an hour, doing well, working over 40 hours a week. He was broke. So in the midst of him being broke, I kind of took him to the side and he was asking, you know, other alumni for money and stuff. And I'm like, just checking in like, hey, what's going on? Come to find out he has a, a medical condition and he wasn't insured. And because of that, he was paying out of pocket. His medications were like 500 a month. And because he wasn't insured, he didn't have a primary care physician. He was going to the ER every time to re-up for his prescription. So he's paying out of pocket for all of this. So it didn't matter if he was wow. making more money and working in the AV industry, he was still broke because these other issues, these other needs needed to be addressed. And so thankfully, happy ending there was I was able to help walk him through health insurance and he got it. But that's my point is that many people don't think about the barriers that are realities for people holistically, right? Access to health care, access to adequate housing, behavioral health concerns and issues. And so for us, we end up becoming a connector to all of those services and resources because you can't address someone's skills and training when they're they're starving and their family has no food. They don't want to hear that. That's one of the reasons why we pay them in the program. They get a stipend to participate. Any barrier that exists, we create partnerships. So we, we partner with Eastern Bank here in the, the East Coast, which is an amazing bank. They come in, they teach about you mentioned this, Jay, financial literacy, financial education. They teach over five modules. They even start their savings accounts. They have to do a budget. They learn how to do also project management, how to use Asana. They're learning so much more than just AV, which is also critical, but how to talk to clients, emotional intelligence, how to make a proposal, how to invoice a client. These are things that many people even coming to college don't even learn. They go, they go through college and they graduate a bachelor's degree. I would say one of the most impressive things that I think is phenomenal is that we also have a very innovative and unique approach to workforce development by not only human development, but also stirring up entrepreneurship. So as you know, many people in AV work as consultants. That's not uncommon. And so with that being said, people have to be walked through that process. What is it like to be 1099, right? What is that like? You know, how much money do you need to save at the end of the year? You know, you're going to be taxed very differently than the W-2. And so they go through modules and they actually go through practicing on with that with our financial specialists. They learn also how to get clients as an entrepreneur, how to start your LLC, those are things, and, and, and what's amazing is we also partner with another organization, LISC Boston. LISC is a national corporation, but they have a Boston branch. And through that relationship, we're able to nominate these students for startup grants. So last year, one of our students, I mentioned him earlier, Tevin Charles, he got a $10,000 grant to start his own business. And so that might not be a huge amount of money, but it's just enough to get your, your camera kit you know, to get all the, you know, the necessary startup things that you need, including getting your, your LLC registered with the state and your EIN from the IRS. So those are the things and opportunities really that cool. we're making possible for folks if they choose that pathway. 
and we're not just limiting options. Now, some want to just go right into the workforce, which is exactly great. And we, we make sure we empower them as well. So Jay, from an integrator's perspective, how has having an internship program helped your organization? It's helped us in, in a couple of different ways. So first of all, not only does it allow for a vehicle for folks that are entering the workforce to get a feel for what AV integration is, it allows for us to provide mentorship, which is also a part of growth within our organization. So our folks that are doing the mentoring are also growing. The mentoree is growing. And we're also putting effort into, you know, making a, a better experience for our customers in the long run, because all of these folks are getting the, the training and, and support they need to, to move forward. So it also gives us an opportunity to scale knowing that there's folks out there that have the ability and the training that that we're looking for. And not only that, specifically with the Loop Lab, you know, we have the opportunity to influence tracks as well. So, you know, having this relationship is, is very beneficial. And I encourage other integrators to reach out to Chris, too, because finding folks is, is difficult. Let me rephrase that. Finding folks that fit your organization and your needs is difficult. I mean, you can find anyone, but at that point, you're bringing in somebody that has the skills and the the knowledge necessary to actually perform on day one, which is something that new hires don't even have. So there's there's a lot of value there. I think you bring up a good point because everyone thinks about interns as, you know, the intern learning the business. But you you brought up a whole other point of, of the intern actually, you know, helping that mentoree grow just as much as the intern is growing. And I think that that's not an area of focus for, from, from many businesses. They're not looking at it from that perspective. And I think that's a great perspective because you're not only helping the person that you're bringing in grow, but you're growing that because it's a different perspective that they, they aren't used to. And, and now it's something new and, and something fresh. And now everyone's growing. I think that's huge. You know, so yeah. it's, it's more than just bringing in that intern. It's helping your organization grow. It's part of the evolution of, of growth. I mean, that's how it works. You need water and sun, baby. The relationship with us and apprenticeship partners is bi-directional. Um, obviously, our apprentices, um, they help their mentors at the apprenticeship site grow just as much as the apprenticeship site will help that individual to grow. But another side of that is as an organization, we not only steward that relationship between apprentice and, a, and site, we also, there's a partnership being made there between our organization and the actual site itself. So for example, at Red Thread with Jay, they needed like a video. They needed a commercial video talking about some of their services. And guess what? Our production studio was able to produce that at a high quality and effectively. And so it's not- Very professional. Right, exactly. And the same thing, Red Thread has been instrumental in supporting our learning community. So if you look at things less transactional here at the Loop Lab and more transformational. Yes. And I think that's different. That's a different mentality and worldview and approach to business, to, to life. And every morning, in, in our team and myself, we say, you know, what can we do to make our transactions with people, with integrators, less transactional and more transformational? And then that is exactly what we do with our students every day. That I think I heard that in a sermon that somebody put out recently that I might have checked out. But I got to ask you this, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to put you on the spot. So are you ready for this? Yes, sir. I need to know, why Why does Chris Hope invest so much in this? What's really your why? What's driving you? I want to tell you about Renee. 
1990, Renee has a desire to work in media. In pursuit of her dream, you know, Renee goes to college, right? She takes an internship at the local television station as a camera operator in the, in the newsroom. And uh, Renee's thrilled. She's overwhelmed to be working in a real TV studio. But one thing, Jay, you got to remember, Renee is not an at your average intern. Renee's black. She's a woman and she has children. So she stands out, but not for the reasons that she wants to be recognized for. As you can expect, you know, Renee becomes unfortunately a victim of microaggression and sexual harassment. She takes these complaints up to HR and she's told that it's just the nature of the industry. That's just the way it is here. Man up or woman up. So choosing mental health over her dream, Renee quits. And as you can imagine, the years go by. She hops from job to job, never really as excited as she was in that TV studio. And uh, she often wonders what life could have been like had she continued. And uh, at the age of 57, that light that once burned bright is extinguished when she dies from a heroin overdose. And unfortunately, in our society, outcomes like Renee's are all too often. You know, and I think to myself, Jay, how many times do we have to see another young adult suffer for because of, of challenges that we are just not able to live up to? How many more young adults can we help to achieve a different outcome? We've shown at the Loop Lab, at least in a short amount of time, what you can achieve when you surround a student with critical supports that they need to grow effectively and to support the market. And so for me, I often think about what my life would have been like had my mother, Renee Hope, had the proper support to pursue her dream as a video operator. And that's why I do what I do. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was right. That's pretty powerful. And uh, it translates in, in your work, Chris. So I, uh, I applaud that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And I hope she's proud of me. <laughs> I am sure she is. Yeah. Your, your description of what you're doing, I think that is just spot on to, to what someone like her would, would have just been a perfect candidate for, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I think your mission is, is incredible. And you can obviously see where, where it's derived from now. And that's just, it's an incredible story. Thank you, Patrick. And I think that USAV is an amazing resource and, and platform. And I really am humbled to be on bandwidth today to really spread the mission and the message of the Loop Lab. And I am looking so much forward to more opportunities for USAV, but also AV integrators to support what we're doing as, as well as us support the, you and your mission and other organizations and integrators with their missions as well. Yeah, we appreciate that. We're always looking for, you know, ways to adapt and change and, and continue to grow as well. And, you know, when we were introduced to you guys, it seemed like a good fit to not only have multiple conversations and see how, how we can work together, but have you on bandwidth and, and, you know, get your message out because it really is an incredible message. And the more that we can help the AV industry with finding the talented people that are out there that just, you know, aren't being found right now, it helps everyone. <laughs> I was going to say, especially now, there's a call to action in our industry to be cognizant of diversity, providing the opportunity and, and promoting equity in, in the workplace. And honestly, if that's your mission, you need to reach out to Chris. And I'm calling, I'm calling everybody now. I'm calling you all out. If you want to do this, reach out to Chris. And I'm not saying you have to donate. I'm not saying you have to take on an intern saying you have to talk to Chris and Chris's team. Throw a line out there. It's interesting. It's eye-opening. And it's funny, people in our industry, for the, the majority of the folks in our industry are so 
open and loving and the opposite of being, you know, intolerable. It's mind boggling that that we still have, you know, a not so diverse industry. But that's just because of that. I don't want to call it, I think I refer to it as a little bit of tunnel vision, right? We only know what we know. And, and a lot of us don't stop to see the bus as it's going by because we're worried about, you know, paying the bills and making numbers. But there's a, there's another element to that. And just by having some conversations with some folks, you know, that can really change your tune and just provide you a little bit of guidance moving forward. So I, I encourage you and, and Chris, I'm sure you'll support this if folks just randomly reach out to have a convo. It's, it's, it's a good thing. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jay. And uh, for, for integrators and individuals that are really interested in what we're doing, please go to www.thelooplab.org. That's www.thelooplab.org. Uh, you have to say the whole thing, The Loop Lab. It's like a tribe call quest. You say the whole thing. But with that being said, <laughs> my email is chope at thelooplab.org, chope at thelooplab.org. And I'm obviously very welcoming to hearing from anybody within the industry um, about their perspectives, about how we can serve and empower you. Obviously, our mission is around diversity, equity, and really doing what we can to streamline people of color. But even if that is not your thing right now, you haven't turned that corner, perhaps it's just straight business, right? You, you want to know how you can start uh, putting people in position in your company because that's what's needed. You have positions that are open. They've been open for a couple of months, more than a couple of months. How you, how you can put people in there, send them our way. Even if it's that two-month pre-apprenticeship training period where they're going to get some solid hands-on skills as well as some micro-certs in the field and understand what it's like to do field operations, understand what it's like to do sales, what it's like to build a rack, all of those necessary things. And so I think that for me, it's in your best interest on a hiring level to really think about the pipeline of your organization, as well as what that pipeline looks like. Why couldn't it include women, women of color, people of color? And so with that in mind, yes, I, I, I just second what you said, Jay. Reach out, please. Do not be shy. So, so Chris, that that's kind of a good segue. I wanted to ask you if you could tell us a little bit more about your relationship with Avixa. Oh, yeah. So Avixa, us and Avixa are like this. I serve on the Avixa Diversity Council. Avixa is very, very much passionate about the issues of equity, diversity, and inclusion. There's a women's council. There's the Diversity Council. A big sh shout out to Charmaine. But at any rate, the organization itself is really dedicated to seeing the next generation of people that are in the AV industry be more inclusive, be more diverse. And part of that is around how we frame the work that we do and how people learn about the industry itself. One of the things I shared when I was a part of Infocom uh, a few years ago was the fact that when you go on YouTube and you look at tutorials for different things, right? Like how to build a rack other kinds of, you know, how-to tutorials. Normally, it's usually, you know, 40-something-year-old cisgender white men in polos doing that work. And that's not, nothing, not, I'm not poo-pooing on that. But what I'm saying is that if you are a 23-year-old Venezuelan-American or, or El Salvadorian-American or African-American even, looking to be curious about how to get into the industry, and all you see when yeah, you look at you picture things, right, that's not that that there's no representation there for you. So you inherently start to think maybe this is not a field that's for me. 
Maybe this is not something I need to be doing. And so these are the types of things that I want to lovingly push people to be a little bit more aware of and conscious of in the industry that we, you know, why not have someone who is differently able do some tutorials? Why not have someone who's, you know, a a black career, a black career woman, right? Like you want to be able to have that representation for folks that you, you're saying as an industry, we want to be included holistically because at the end of the day, I believe, and many other people believe along with me that diversity really strengthens uh, your ability as a company to sell your products to a broader demographic of people, right? Not just the tokenized people, but actually have people in your staff that are able to effectively understand different cultures, different languages even. I mean, it it just applies all across the board. I, I know some business owner, actually he's an AV integrator, and one of the things that he marveled at was he hired a Japanese American and it was like the first non-white hire that he had. And that opened up a whole other part of his business because a big part of this person's network was back in Japan and the products that he sold apparently are, are like gold there. So, but before wow. that was even on his radar, right? So his business grew exponentially just by adding one staff member that could speak the language understand that culture, understand that market, and was on top of it. And he was actually telling me, he was thanking God for it. I mean, I don't even think he was a believer, but still, like, he was like, because, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what happens when you open your mind up and say, wow, we never thought about that demographic. I often talk about this in terms of, like, I learned about AV in the church. I'm a minister. You know, I think Jay referenced that a little bit in the sermon, but the, the, the point of that is, is that people, you know, regardless of how you feel about religion, Houses of worship make up over 10% of, of the, the AV market when you talk about consumers and, and customers. So you have to respect that and you have to understand the, the, you know, the, the realities around that. And so I think that as we're thinking about diversity in different ways, hopefully you're, you're thinking about that. Even if you're just worried about getting money and that's what you're in the industry for, it's actually smarter for you to be more diverse and adaptive and how you're dealing with who you're hiring and why. You don't want to ever limit yourself or put yourself in a corner as a company. And that's what people do when they limit who they hire. Chris, I, I love your your mission. I love your message. And I love that you have different avenues to, to offer to everyone. You know, so it's, it's not just a one stop, you know, it's not just one pigeonhole of a box that you're offering. I mean, you, you have multiple offerings. So Jay, I, I, I second your encouragement to just to reach out to Chris and, and talk to him and, and see, you know, how, he and his team can help other organizations within our industry. So, uh, Chris, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, it was great, great message. I love the, you know, not transactional, but transformational. I think that, that that's a, it, it's killer, man. I love it. And, uh, thank and Jay, you, thank, thank you, you for uh, filling in for co-hosting yeah. and, and, and filling in for Chris. Thank you. It was a blast. Thank you to our sponsors, StudioPod and Shore. And thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you next time here at USAV Bandwidth.